We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. Hi, I'm Yui Shu. And I'm Julie Kraftchik. We're active daters turned dating sociologists. Here to dive into everything modern dating and relationships. Welcome to the Dateable Podcast. Hey friends, welcome to another week of Dateable. We discuss everything that has to do with modern dating, but better yet, we like to discuss everything that challenges modern dating. We know it's frustrating for a lot of you. We know some of you are on your dating hiatus before cuffing season starts. Mm -hmm. Come to us and we'll help you change your mindset around dating so that it's no longer a chore. It's no longer a burden. It's there to serve you, not to torture you. Dating is not meant to be a torture device. <laughs> but we hear all the time it is. That's why we love this podcast, because I don't know about you, UA, but I feel like if I didn't do this podcast, I don't even know where I'd be right now. Like this Mm-mm. podcast has changed our lives and hopefully your lives from listening to, but it's really taught me personally of how do you just not let the noise get in your way? Like ultimately mm-hmm. you want to meet someone, fall in love, find your person, find that right person for you. And so much of modern dating is just noise. It's like, who cares about the person that ghosted you, the person yes. that flaked on 
on you. Like it's, I'm not saying it's not painful. It absolutely is. But like, how do we start to like rise above it? And that's what we're here for, to put in perspective a lot of things. And how do you do single in a way that is beneficial to you and not in a way that's thirsty or constantly chasing and wondering and being anxious? Those are not words we ever want you to feel when you're single. And there is such beauty in every stage of dating. Whatever stage you're in right now, there is beauty in it. Trust us. And this is a passing stage. It's not going to last forever. So what can you do to really marinate in this moment and appreciate where you are? I really hate the stereotype of people that are single. I know. You know, I feel like it's a few different stereotypes now. I don't think it's as bad as it once was as like sitting on your Mm -hmm. couch with your cat. But I think there is this stereotype of just like, you know, going buck wild out on the town doing all the stuff or that you're just like actively dating or that you're sitting at home miserable. Right. And I think there's just like, you're just being, you're just living your life, doing things. Like I know some of the best times of my life was when I was single because I felt personally fulfilled. I felt like, you know, I was going after what mattered to me and it didn't have to be one of those like stereotypes all the time. And that is exactly why we're talking to our guest today who is optimizing her singlehood, which is intimidating and threatening to some (laughs) people who don't want to see that. And part of why being single is demonized or we're portrayed as weak is because of the people who aren't single who want to make us feel ostracized. So know that some of the anxiety you feel when you're single, some of the the ways that you feel like burnt out, it's not, sometimes it's not because of you. It's because of what how other people make you feel. Well, it's society's perception that for whatever reason, if you're in a relationship, like you, you're doing life right. And if yeah. you're single, you're doing it wrong. And I remember for me, it took a lot of conscious work to be like, hey, I actually like being single. I've just been told I don't like being single. And also, hey, I like being in a relationship. And it doesn't need to be such an either or the way we make it seem. It's not always this like stage that you're trying to get out of. It just might be a season yeah. of your life. Why is that so ingrained in our society? And like, why is that such a foreign concept when it really shouldn't be at all? Yeah, I don't really... I don't really understand that. I I really, really don't understand that. You know, when I was in my relationship, you know, for those five years, I remember just being like, thank God I'm not single. Like, I truly felt like I was safe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got on the boat, you know, all the single people <laughs> were swimming, drowning. And now that I am just almost five months into being single, I realize all the fears I had about being single were from a perspective that was not real. It was mm-hmm. from a perspective that I saw of the the media portrayal, yeah. um, societal conditioning. None of it I've experienced at all in the last five months. So, you know, at this point, I'm also being single. I'm not like, I can't wait for the moment I get into a relationship. Or thank God I'm not in a relationship. I don't feel any of that because guess what? I'm not in a relationship. That's the the point is like, this is not my time right now to be that. So it's it's really interesting how when you are single, you feel like you need to be saved mm-hmm. <laughs> somehow. And that's just not the case. Well, it's rom-coms. It's all the messaging we've gotten in society for years. And, you know, our guest today, Julia, talks about like how 
she had this intense pressure from her family for years. And it really impacted how she viewed being single and all of the ways she approached relationships, even being in relationships that made her feel alone in them but because we've been told it's better to be in any relationship than no relationship that is absolutely false 100 percent false this could not have come at a better time in a weird way i don't know if it's necessarily a better time for her but it was a weird situation that ua and i were on her podcast pretty much done that we aired a couple months ago and then i think what was it like the like the day or two after we got off that recording it was like really soon after she broke up with her boyfriend turned 30 and then got ridiculed by matt walsh who's like a right-wing commentator (laughs) about who's like married life (laughs) yeah like her saying that she enjoyed being single was you know so terrible and this is the problem in the world with feminism like all this stuff that's just like oh my god she could be happy no we were were both like what the fuck is happening why is this like political commentator commenting about a single 30 year old's like life like why does he care that she's making shakshuka on a saturday morning it was such a strange thing i mean like i still till to this day i'm like what what the fuck why does he care well i just remember i was on twitter x and I see her face on yeah. there and I was just like, what is happening? You were on your cruise at the time and I just like mm-hmm. texted you and I was just like, I don't know what is happening and why Julia is like blowing up right now, but like not in a way that she probably wants. <sighs> well, this is definitely the problem with the world today is like we feel like we can judge other people's lives. Yeah. And we think we know what's best for them when really what we need to do is just figure out our own fucking lives and take care of ourselves. Stop caring what other people are doing because it's not your life. I wish I could tell them that. It's so true. And it doesn't even have to be like a political commentator. That's clearly the extreme. But for most of our listeners, this probably isn't happening. But you feel it with your friends, right? Like how many times have you had like a friend that's like, I'm going to set you up so you're not the last single person of the group, you know, like stuff like that. And I used to hate when that type of things would happen because I'm like, I'm happy. I'm fine. Just let me be, you know? Yes, yes. Please don't set me up with your loser friend just because we're both single. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best is when you're like, why do you think we should get set up? They're like, um, they live in your city and they're single. And they're breathing. You're like, cool. (laughs) That makes me feel really good about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Friends mean it in a good way. I don't know. I think they're like, as someone that had that happen to, I try not to like muddle in my friends' dating lives unless they Mm -hmm. explicitly ask. Yeah. I think that is the best best way to do it. I've had definitely had people set me up without checking with me first. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not ready. What are you talking about? Well, this is a good reminder to enjoy the season. You know, whatever mm-hmm. you're in right this minute. I love Julia talks about it, but like she's like in this transition mode right now, you know, enjoying just being single for once and letting the pressure not, you know, affect her and just being like, actually, I am happy. And there's a lot that life has to offer offer because what's the alternative just wishing for something that you're not in in the current day and by being happy doesn't mean that you're not open to that eventually in fact i think it's actually the best time to meet someone is when you're content and happy being on your own yes 
Absolutely. Okay. You're all going to love this episode. Don't worry. Even if you're not single, you'll still love this episode. A hundred percent. It brings you back. That's for sure. (laughs) We could go on all day, but we have a whole interview with Julia, so we're not going to. And before we do a few messages, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Datable Podcast. And of course, at Datable Podcast is our handle everywhere else. Okay, well, before we get into it, let's hear a message from our sponsors. We're partnering with NoCD to raise awareness about OCD. OCD is more than what you see on TV and in the movies. Imagine having unwanted thoughts about your relationship stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. That's relationship OCD. It comes with unrelenting, intrusive images, thoughts, and urges about your partner or loved one. If you think you may be struggling with relationship OCD, there's hope. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure response prevention therapy, the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual live face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed specialty trained therapists. It's affordable and they accept most major insurance plans. Breaking the relationship OCD cycle takes effective treatment. To get started with NoCD, go to nocd.com d-a-t-e-a-b-l-e to book a free 15-minute call. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use a code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use a code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. Okay, let's hear it from Julia. What does it mean to be single? We've covered this topic already, but we haven't really covered what it means to be lonely versus alone versus in solitude. There's just so many different ways of being single. And we have the perfect person Mm -hmm. to speak to that. We've got Julia here with us today. She's an ex-Tinder employee and the host of Pretty Much Done podcast, a podcast about relationships focusing on the most important one we'll ever have, which is our relationship with ourselves. Now, again, said before, there's a difference between being alone and lonely and difference between solitude and loneliness. And you touch upon both. So who is she? She just turned 30 years old. Congrats. Thank you. She is born and raised in LA, currently in LA, recently just got out of a relationship. 
And also, she's gone viral. And we'll go into why you've gone viral. But also, you've been the victim of some cyberbullying recently. So we'll go into that, too. Yeah. Which is all around you being a single independent woman, which is ridiculous. <laughs> okay. But we'll go into that in a little bit. But first, let's look at this topic of loneliness. You talk about being 30, single, living alone, working remotely, having no coworkers around you, and how it feels so lonely at times. Why did you choose this angle? And why do you think it's important to talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that there are like two things and to what you're saying of like learning how to be single and then the topic of loneliness. And I think that like COVID brought about this feeling of loneliness. And I think that remote work was something that not a lot of us, I mean, I know there were freelancers out there, but like not a lot of us had experienced And so I started to feel a little bit stir crazy. It could have been me being like 28. I'm a big believer in like Saturn returns. That's like my (laughs) astrological thing. And I think that I was going through my moment of like trying to figure out my purpose, trying to figure out who I was. And at the same time, I live in a thousand square foot apartment. Like I felt confined by these four walls and I started to feel very lonely. I mean, a lot of our single listeners will say, oh, it sounds all good to be like, love yourself, do your own thing. But the reality is that it is lonely without people, especially if you don't have a huge support network for whatever reason and the varying other reasons why it's nice to have a partner. You talk about a lot on your podcast how you were guilty of kind of using dating as a way to combat that loneliness. You text people. Tell us about that. Like, How did loneliness kind of play into your dating life? So I think like some context on me and my background is important here. So I grew up Russian Jewish and culturally as a Jewish girl, you are raised to be like, you got to get married Mm -hmm. and you got to have kids. Mm -hmm. And I grew up with a lot of people, you know, I'm 30. I think it's like me and my best friend as the only girls who grew up in the Mm. Russian Jewish community in LA who are still single. Mm. And like people come up to us at weddings being like, when are you gonna? My grandparents are like, we want to live long enough to watch you walk down the aisle. And that's like a lot of pressure. And I felt like the only way that I could feel valuable or feel like I was appeasing everyone else and like checking that off so that they could kind of like get off my back was if I was taking that very seriously. And when you do that and you date to kind of appease other people, you're deriving your value from something beyond your control. And it's like you're filling this hole and not feeling completely whole within yourself. And you're just like, let me find a Jewish doctor. Mm. Let me find a Jewish lawyer Mm. so that everyone can just feel content around me. And like, you're hopeful that you want to fall in love. But I think that when you're like approaching dating from that point of view and that perspective of like, once I get this check mark done that everyone is telling me will fulfill me, I will accomplish that goal and I'll feel better. And then when you're checklist dating, you find yourself in these relationships feeling completely unfulfilled because you really have nothing in common with this person other than the stat sheet. Right. I think it's a good reminder too that I sometimes forget 30 is so young, right? <laughs> to me, that's like a teen bride. <laughs> Are you sure? You know, you have a lot of time, but there is still pressure from family, from culture, from society. But you've learned to thrive as a single person. What are some of the positives to kind of like rest in your loneliness sometimes? 
I mean, thank you for saying that, but like it took me a lot of work to feel whole within myself. It took me, I would say like all of my 20s, it took that time and then it wasn't until I turned 28 and I got out of a really toxic relationship with a partner who was like the good on paper partner. Mm -hmm. He was not right for me at all. My parents kept pressuring me to be with him because he was a good on paper person. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I felt extremely lonely in that relationship that I was like, okay, I think I'm going to start therapy and the work on myself and the self work to kind of feel complete, wholly alone. And I didn't realize like what a journey I was getting on, but I did. It like it involved like plant medicine therapy, therapy, mm -hmm. purging things, like feeling comfortable being alone. But now like the positives are you, I, like you and I were just chatting about before <laughs> this call, we were chatting about the trip that you took alone. And we were like, sometimes it's better to be alone because you're not going to fight with your right. best friend about where you guys want to go to dinner or <laughs> yep. like, you know, what you want to be doing. Sometimes the person who wants to do all the things that you want to do is you. Like you're yes. never going to disagree with you, yeah. you know? So I started like getting on that journey. I think it takes bravery to like do things alone. Mm -hmm. I've started to go take myself out on dates alone. Mm -hmm. And I sit at the bar and I, I don't know if it's like the bartenders feel sorry for you or what, but they give me free drinks. <laughs> <Yes>. like, <laughs> Own it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that having that energy of I don't really need anything and no one can kind of like affect how I feel about myself and I feel like so fine by myself, that is like where I think I'm going to meet the person. Mm -hmm. And I really don't want to be back in that place where I'm like wallowing, waiting for this man to complete yes. me. Like you take your power back because like you're kind of the only person you're going to live with 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. A hundred percent on everything you just <laughs> said. This wasn't always your mentality though, like especially coming from this pressure. Like give us a little like quick snapshot of your relationship history. Like were you in like a serial monogamous or were you single for stretches of time? Yeah. There's also some context that's interesting here. So I grew up heavily overweight my entire life. So it wasn't until I was 20 years old that I ended up losing 70 pounds. I was wow. in a four-year relationship with someone that I met in high school. And then I like studied abroad in Italy and did the thing where I'm like, ah, I'm going to go be free and kind mm -hmm. of break up with you. I came back and I was 20 years old and my mom and sister, my sister met her husband on J-Date. And my sister was like, you should go on J-Date. And I was 20. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm a 20 year old and I'm like, okay, again, like deriving my value from a man. And I got on and I was getting questions like, what's a 20 year old doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, a very good question. My parents set this up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like trying to find my husband, although I like had no idea who I was and hadn't graduated college yet. So I got into a relationship with someone. He was a Jewish lawyer, of course, worked for a big firm, like loved that. And then because I lost a lot of weight, I had like excess skin. He ended up telling me that he did not like the way that my stomach looked. Wow. Yeah. And so like that was like crushing and horrible. And I had just like worked so hard to lose all of this Ugh. weight. But given that I was someone who was like codependent on male validation, I didn't know at 20 how to like navigate this. Yeah. So like we broke up and then I think like J-Date was like the portal for learning how to use the apps. And like the apps was like a facilitator for my codependency. I was like, oh, I can talk to lots of guys yeah. at once and start to- <laughs> 
really could feed do it. Do my yeah. search. Yeah. So crazy. I mean, it all kind of happened for a reason, but like I wish I had told her in hindsight, like you didn't need to be doing all that. Yeah. So I was just like someone who was essentially using like the apps to find my husband. Like mm-hmm. I was so serious about it, but only because of that pressure externally. And like, I don't think it was just cultural pressure. Like if I'm seeing what happened and I don't want to speak too soon because I know we're going to get into it, but like there is societal pressure for women to get married and have kids by the time they're 30. And I just saw that on social media. I wasn't necessarily like a serial monogamous. I was just like trying to find my happily ever after kind of like to appease other people. And I'm also a hopeless romantic. I think everyone wants love. All humans on this earth like Mm -hmm. want love and want to find that partnership. And so I think I was conflating the two. But this is the first time you would feel content being single. Am I hearing that correct? Honestly, I know when I recorded with you guys, I was in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I was content when I met him as well. It just didn't work out for a host of different reasons. But after doing the work on myself, I think like it's been this past year of 29, I was finally content being alone and I was choosing partners based on things that I liked, like they're funny or we like the same things. It wasn't necessarily a checklist. That's good to know. And now you're out of this relationship. Do you have any new outlooks on relationships? Are you still looking for a marriage, kids, etc.? So I am doing this thing that I'm calling unattached autumn. <laughs> Love it. Same. We're on the same page where I am like not attaching myself to any outcomes. So like I don't really want to be on the apps right now. I don't feel like it's a safe place for me because I know myself and I know mm-hmm. that unfortunately I know the habit of checklist dating. I can't undo that on the apps. Yeah. Like it's a habit that I've just formed. If I see someone has like a shirt I don't like, I might swipe left and mm-hmm. I don't want to get myself into that. I'm not pursuing pursuing it actively, but I'm also would love to meet someone and I do want to settle down one day and have a family. If someone crosses my path and they come through and like it it all makes sense, like lovely, but I'm just like unattaching myself to any outcomes. I'm kind of living life pursuing the things that I want to pursue in my career. I'm moving to Austin for a few months. Like Mm -hmm. I am just like in this fun, free phase where I'm not allowing a man or a relationship to dictate my value because it's been exhausting. Mm. And you said 29 was a big year for you, the last year, which coincides with when you started this podcast. So probably has a lot to do with it. Pretty much done. Tell us about where you were at at that stage that made you one creative podcast and call it that also. So my podcast started as a breakup podcast. And it's funny that I started the name as pretty much done because now I think it means something totally different Mm -hmm. in my journey with it. But it was really like in that toxic relationship that I had where I got out. I was so lonely in that relationship. I started to listen to podcasts. And I remember I was listening to Life with Mariana Hewitt and she had Jen Atkin, the hairstylist on. Mm -hmm. And Jen Atkin was like, I tell all my girlfriends that like a breakup is just one weekend of moving your stuff out. That's it. It's just one weekend. You rip the bandaid off and you're out. And like, I had this like aha moment where I was like, I think I can do that. Cause I was living Mm. with him at the time. I was like, I think I can do that. And like, after I got out, I was like, if I could be that moment for someone else when they're pretty much done with the relationship Mm. and they like have to leave, I want to be that for someone else. And so I felt Mm. really compelled to start the podcast. But now it's more about being pretty much done succumbing to the societal noise and pressure and really living life the way that you see fit. And so it's for people who are just like pretty much done settling. (laughs) Love that. 
So we have a lot of listeners who are single and thriving and feel like they're in a similar headspace. There's also this fear that they might get too comfortable being single, that they're not staying open to the right person to come along. How are you striking that balance of just being happy, being alone, but also staying open to whatever the universe brings you? I'm also coming from someone who just got out of a relationship. I'm right now doing my thing and staying single, and that's intentional. However, I think that if you do want to meet someone, dating is like kind of a second job sometimes. Like you do have to put yourself out there, and you can't say no to every opportunity unless you're totally fine being single and you're like, I want to be single for the rest of my life. But if your intention is to be paired up and you do want a husband someday and you do want kids, you've got to take opportunities. And I think that like sometimes you never know what opportunities you're going to meet your person. Mm -hmm. Like it might just be a networking event and it might be like a dodgeball league and it might be your friends play. Like I think it's just staying open to every opportunity that comes your way because if you're sitting at home alone all the time, I know you're content with your life, whatever, but like you're not going to find him. He's not showing up at your doorstep. He's just not. (laughs) So you talked about your last relationship. It was long distance, right? Yeah. How long was your relationship for? It was only a four-month relationship, but I don't know about you guys. The older we get, like I feel like it's a little bit more pressure filled. Mm. And given that we were like long distance and the way in which we met, like I think that there was a little bit more to it. Like he lived in Atlanta and like we matched on Bumble and he was literally at the airport when we met. Uh And then we FaceTimed for a few days and then he ended up flying to LA to see me. I think like that made it more of Mm. like a impactful relationship in my mind. So it wasn't such a long one. And honestly, I almost like didn't have to grieve it because I had this like online bullying thing that I was like, oh, the breakup is the least of my concerns (laughs) right now. Right. You had a lot happen at once. It was like turning 30, (laughs) this breakup, and then the bullying, which I think we should go into because this was clearly big. I remember I was just on Twitter and then all of a sudden I saw your face on Twitter and I was just like, wait, what is (laughs) happening? days after we recorded. Exactly. I was just like, what is happening? And I mean, I definitely want to hear your perspective, but just seeing it, what it appeared to be was this conservative political commenter, Matt Walsh. And he was ripping you apart for making a TikTok video about how you were 29 and single. And as a 29 and single woman, if you wanted to in the morning after going to a Beyonce concert, you could sleep in and make shakshuka. And he flipped his shit about this, basically saying that Mm -hmm. your life was meaningless, that you looked down on people that had children, like all this stuff that wasn't really what you were saying. So tell us about this experience. Like, did that hit all the points? Was there more? And then what happened from it? Yeah. So I think some of the narrative that has come out Mm. at the time on TikTok, I had like 7,000 followers on TikTok. Matt has 2.4 million followers on Twitter. Crazy. So like the plan playing field. It's like yeah. LeBron James yeah. <laughs> going against a like a baby at playing basketball, you know? Like right. it's just not a fair playing field. So he posted it. I'm also not on Twitter. When I posted it, you know, I talked about how I don't have kids yet. I do think I want kids, but even if I didn't, it's like not really anyone's business whether or not I have them or not. And I said, whenever I feel this like immense pressure that I'm not where I'm supposed to be at 29 from society or from family or friends, I really like reframe it in my mind and think about like the effortlessness and ease of my life. I went to a Beyonce concert. I woke up the next day and I was like, 
you know what? Today I'm going to cook shakshuka (laughs) and I'm going to watch Real Housewives of New York. And so I reframe it and I kind of like my intention was like, if you're feeling this way too, just know our time will come. But like your life's pretty good as it is. I wasn't putting down mothers. My sister's a mother. My mom's a mother. Like I respect mothers. Their job is amazing. But unfortunately, I'm not a mother yet. And I just enjoy my life as it is. So he posted it and said that I'm too stupid and depressed to realize how my life is meaningless. When I posted it, I had all these people commenting saying like, yes, I relate to this so much. Thank you. I relate Mm -hmm. to this. The next day, I go on TikTok and it's like, Matt Walsh just posted this. You are – I don't even know because once I saw all this barrage, it almost felt like this wave of like Mm -hmm. punches just coming over and over again. I was like, what is happening? I saw all of these people commenting on my TikTok and I deleted the app. And I was like, this Mm -hmm. is really scary. I felt like I was being – beat up. Bombarded. Bombarded. Yeah. As if someone like raced into your home, like 500 people raced into your home. Really scary. And so I deleted the app. I like had plans to go to the beach with my cousin and a friend that day. I was like, I texted my parents and I was like, I'm scared. Like, what if they find my address? Like I started to kind of like freak out. I went to the beach to kind of like recenter. I slept with the alarm that night. I had friends reach out to me just like you, Julie, who have Twitter. And they were like, hey, are you okay? Don't be on Twitter. What they're saying about you is like horrible. Don't even worry. I had a friend from college and people like something that was being questioned was whether this person is really my friend, which is crazy. Like the internet will make up anything. But this was a friend from college. She reached out to me and she has a bit of a platform on Twitter. And she said, hey, I want you to know that I posted a tweet in defense of you, told Mm -hmm. everyone about your platform. She said, I gave everyone the content on your podcast about how you're Russian Jewish and you do want family someday and like you're not tearing down mothers and blah, blah, blah. So once Alex tweeted, the next morning, I was like really scared. I hardly slept. I woke up in the morning and have you guys been cyberbullied? No. No, this sounds really scary. <laughs> it's it really just scary. Snowballing. I mean, I yeah. feel yeah. like we got like sub comments off of yours. Like I remember yes. like someone was like, you're single because you're fat. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, like clearly not at the same level. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, who are you talking about at this point? All of us. Like at this point, they can just like make fun of all of us. The things that they have said about me, you guys, like I'm a man because of the size of my skull. I look 40. I'm never going to find someone because of the size of my nose. Like crazy (gasps) stuff. Crazy stuff. Oh, I should be sexually assaulted was the crazy. Oh, my (gasps) God. Because you posted about just like enjoying single life. That's I just want to bring it back to what it is that you actually posted. Yeah, I just kept rereading his comments because I was like, he is a political commentator. Why does he care about a single woman's life? I'm still not sure if I'm making the connection, but obviously he's going through some shit himself that he's very unhappy with his own fucking life. Why do you think he had such a strong reaction to this? Like, why do you think this snowballed? I can't speak for Matt Walsh, I guess, but what I believe is anyone who is trolling on the internet is projecting their unhappiness and their insecurity onto me. And that was what I kept repeating to myself. Mm -hmm. That being said, I think he really knows how to rile up his audience. After me, Mm. a couple days later, he reposted something Emily Ratajkowski said. Oh. He takes these women who are going to rile up his, you know, audience. I almost think that like in some ways he's like a marketing genius because (laughs) they 
went to war and he just stuck back and he was like, they'll do the job for me. He got like 30 million impressions from my tweet. (laughs) Can't even imagine the X payout on that. Like He's probably made so much money off of that. Emily Ratajkowski is gorgeous. I'm sure people wanted to tear her down as a result because I think men are like, oh, she'd never be with me. I'm going to tear her down. It was like extremely crazy. But luckily what did happen, which was super nice, is like a lot of people came to my defense and a lot of people whom like yourselves, like who can relate to having been single and like understand that this is really hard. The message like came across to those people and I was able to connect with them. And for that, I felt really grateful. I mean, Mark Cuban came to my defense. (laughs) It was really like, like, yeah, yeah. which was also really random. (laughs) I like told my partner about it. He's like, why is Mark Cuban involved? I'm like, I have no idea. Honestly, because he's like the sweetest angel. If every like man was like Mark Cuban, we would not be single UA. Let me tell you. I know. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. At least that's my interpretation. I don't know. Everyone can have their own interpretation. It's like this feeling of that women need men and they can't be happy on their own. And that's the only purpose in life is to get married and have children. While I think it's a very important part of life. I'm not saying it's not. I also don't think it's all of it. Like, that's what we talk about on this podcast all the time, too. And it's so much better, in my opinion, to wait for the right person than just check that box like you were talking about just to get it done, you know? Yeah, that's how I feel. And I think there are like some people who maybe shouldn't have had kids. Like (laughs) some people were commenting on my post defending me and these are their beliefs. But like I was kind of laughing to myself like Matt Walsh, I think, has like six kids with his wife. His wife's a doctor. Instead of helping his wife with the kids on a Sunday, he's tweeting about some girl who's, you know, making shakshuka. (laughs) Like, yeah, he just seems like a woman hater. But I was also thinking if you were a man posting this kind of content, I think actually that TikTok will probably get no views because people will just be like, yeah, that's a typical day in a right. single guy's life. Like watching sports and <laughs> vegging out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting up late, you know, like enjoying their day. I think the narrative that society wants us to believe is that single women should spend their time trying to find the husband. Mm-hmm. Right, That should be our full time job. And a single man just has to wait till he's ready and then he's just going to pick a wife. So I think that's where the conflict was. He was so mad that you weren't spending your time wisely finding a husband and procreating (laughs) that you were doing something for yourself. How dare you? It's crazy, though, because like women like Candace Owens are like, there were women in my comments, too. Women like Candace Owens were calling me a selfish bitch. And she was saying that my (laughs) life has, you know, I don't give back to my community and I should be giving back more to my community, whatever. I'm like, so calling me a selfish bitch, is that the example of giving back to my community? Because I don't (sighs) know that you're setting the right example for women here. That's wild. And I'm not yeah. surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised that women also commented because they've yeah. been brainwashed by this whole patriarchy of this narrative. But it hit a nerve for me because I was like, what if it was just my content, 42-year-old single woman <laughs> living the single life, the comments would be even crazier. It'd be like, you're over the hill. You're about to die. You yeah. got to like do something just more with your life. And it's just not true. But also yeah. your life is not for other people no. to comment on. That's your life. Why? If we can all just focus on living our best lives, then we wouldn't have this sort of crazy cyberbullying that you're experiencing. Look, I understand though, I have a responsibility and I do take the responsibility that if I'm going to create content, mm-hmm. it's not going to resonate for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. This is how I operate on social media. If there's something I don't agree with, I keep scrolling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But 
If you want to leave me a hate comment, whatever, or if you want to say like, oh, I don't agree with this, but to say that I should be sexually assaulted, right. to say that like I'm stupid, I'm depressed to talk about that. Like, you know, what if I were on antidepressant? You know, like it's yeah. just like it's crazy the way that people are allowed to say these like hateful yes. things. I don't know if you guys saw like Remy Bader posted that she's no longer going to be speaking about her body because she's like not okay mentally. It's really crazy the cyberbullying that goes on. I mean, that's the thing is you posted what a minute video. No one knows who you are and what your life is like. And also, yeah, okay, like, of course, if you spent every waking moment only watching Real Housewives, that's very different than what is actually happening in your life. You spent an hour on a Saturday morning relaxing or Sunday morning, whatever it was. I think that, you know, just the amount of people just inferring about you like that don't know you. I mean, from all of this, it sounds terrible. And especially to coincide with a breakup turning 30. Were there any silver linings in this? Like, did you learn anything? And how did this kind of propel you towards that next chapter? Well, I think it's like no coincidence that it happened because I'm a believer in like everything happens for a reason, mm -hmm. that it happened after the three years of like the therapy and self-work. Mm -hmm. I feel like the universe was like, okay. Testing you. Yeah. She wants to, you know, scale her podcast. She wants to reach this audience of women or men who like feel this societal pressure. Let's do it when she's like really knows who she is and she's like on stable on like solid ground. And I was able to kind of practice boundaries of like, I'm not going to read the, I still don't know like all the comments on the original video. Like I've not dipped my toe on there. I don't want to do that. I know who I am so that when people call me like a spinster or they say that I look 40 or I'm ugly or whatever, Ever. I know who I am and like I'm able to kind of like allow it to just like roll off my shoulder. The silver lining is obviously that like I connected with women, men who are just like, I relate so deeply to you. Like, thank you so much for bringing this topic up. I feel the same ways that you do. I love my life, but I'm afraid to say that I love my life. I see that you do solo dates. Like, how do you do that? The way in which I'm connecting with people now and the people that came to my defense, like this network of people that helped me echo the same feelings that I felt as a 20-year-old growing up in like a Russian Jewish culture feels so nice and so rewarding. Thanks, Matt Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> and a good boost for your podcast. Yeah. And your follower base. So I think yeah. it's all on the up and up. And I think ignoring those comments is the best thing you can do. Just get rid of the clutter. Just know that if these people were put in a room with you, they yeah. would not dare say half yeah. the things they say to you. In fact, they wouldn't even have the same sentiment. It's just because they're behind a fucking screen. Right. Let's hold that thought for a quick message. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey. And yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> and maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. 
Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I kind of want to go back to this, like, you know, duality of loving your single life, but then also wanting to eventually be in a relationship, get married, have kids, and then also not forgetting the loneliness that comes with it. Not to say that you won't be lonely in a relationship either, because you already pointed to examples where that was the case. But how are you kind of navigating all these conflicting thoughts? And or maybe they're not conflicting thoughts. Maybe it's okay to have space for multiple because it's not so like black and white. I understand what you're alluding to. And I think we probably have all heard at some points, given that we've been on this single journey of like, you know, if you become too set in your ways, you're never going to be able to be with (laughs) anyone. I block out that noise now. And I just think that, you know, I just interviewed someone on my podcast and she was talking about how she had to really learn how to be alone and like embrace that loneliness and be okay with like, I don't know about you guys, Sunday nights for me, worst night as a single person. Mm. I get super lonely. It's like HBO night. Like I love watching like White Lotus with a partner and ordering takeout. It is Mm. the best. But I feel like the universe is like testing me to be like, I need you to feel totally content Mm. on that Sunday night when you're feeling lonely. You don't go on the apps. You don't text like an ex. You just feel really content. You practice different things. Like I really know that I love to read a book in the park. So on a Sunday, if I know I'm like going to be lonely, I'm like, take your towel, take your book, take your journal, go in the park and like fill yourself up, fill your cup up in that way. I'm still a believer that I think that as long as I'm going to be doing these things where I'm filling myself up, making myself whole by myself, then that's when the universe plops someone into your life and like the manifesting actually works out. And like, trust me, I've manifested the most amazing man in my journal. He's coming. I know he is. Right on the corner. (laughs) That was my mindset before I met my partner, 100%. I really do believe that too, that you have to be comfortable. For people that are struggling, like you mentioned that a lot of your friends are married, coupled off, what advice would you give to someone that's struggling that they don't feel like maybe they have that support system or they're spending a lot of time on their own and they want to get to where you are of being like, they're coming. It's all good. I can do the day of the park, all that. Well, I think first of all, like if you do have a lot of friends that are partnered up, I don't think you need to spend that much time with them. You don't need to like constantly be around your friends who are in relationships. Like I think it's better to have like a like-minded environment of people who are also single and don't like show up that mirror of the things that you don't have and make you want to compare yourself. I think that changing your environment's super important. I think for me, something that was really, really like pivotal to my self-growth journey was journaling. Mm. Like I think it's like every self-help guru talks about it. I get it. But like it really is when it lives inside of you and you're like, I am so lonely. I am so lonely. And Mm. it's just like spinning over and over again. Like actually sitting down pen to paper and saying like, "Ugh, today was a sad day because I was sad. Like purging it from your system is super important, I think. And then something that I did that was like really important in therapy and like with plant medicine, and I know everyone doesn't have that ability, but I think that I had to face my shadow and like my shadow was this overweight version Mm. of myself who I did not love. Mm. And basically I was using men to like placate those feelings of not loving her and feeling love. And so I had to like meet my Mm. shadow and it's like my inner child and like meet her where she was at and tell her I loved her because like that's really where the growth happened. And like I was able to feel confident by myself and understand that I could give myself love and it wasn't that someone needed to give me love in order to feel whole. 
But in order to reach that conclusion, you have to feel the feelings of loneliness. And I think a lot of times single people feel like once I feel lonely, I got to do something about it, distract myself. You shouldn't feel lonely. You should combat it in some way. But you've reached these conclusions because you've actually gone through the process of feeling the loneliness. So can you take us through the steps of that? Because I know in addition to journaling, you have to like actually face these feelings. I think you have to sit with the loneliness. So like I stopped intentionally going out to a bar on a Friday night. Mm. I was like, Julia, you're going to like sit at home. You're going to do the things that you actually love. Like you don't love the bars. You're just (laughs) going because you think you're going to meet someone. So I started to like be like, okay, today you'll like order yourself a dinner. You'll do your little practices of journaling. You'll watch like lately I've been like thinking I want to watch Princess Diaries. Probably Friday night I'll watch Princess Diaries (laughs) and I will feel okay with that. And something else that helped me and I'm sure it helped you, UA, and like Julia, I don't know if you've traveled alone, but like traveling alone and showing yourself that you can strike up a conversation Mm -hmm. with someone. You don't have to travel. Like let's say it's a smaller thing where it's like you go have one drink by yourself or have one dinner by yourself at the bar and feeling like I've got myself. I don't need anyone else. I've really got myself and I can socialize with people and people like me for who I am. The bartender's giving me a free drink. Lovely. Good job, Julia. You've got yourself and you can stand on your own two feet. And it I think it's like that loneliness. You don't have to like be like, woe is me, but it's like just being secure in being alone. Because if you think about it, like when you've been at your worst parts, do you really want a partner to be attracted to you at that point where you're like wallowing and crying on your couch? You want to vibrate <laughs> high so that you can find a partner who like vibrates at that same level. And I think it takes some time to get there and you can't rush it and it really has to be intentional and, and honest. So I definitely haven't done solo travel at the level that UA has, but I have done weekends away more, you know, local trips. And there is something very liberating of being able to do the things that you think you should be doing with friends or a partner on your own. Because I think that's where the fair comes in is like, what if everyone, you know, moves on and I'm left by myself? At least that was the fear for me more than even finding a partner. Like I wouldn't be able to like live a life because I would be like on my own page. And just knowing that you can actually do this stuff and it's not a big deal people aren't giving you weird looks. No one actually even cares. If anything, they're trying to make conversation with you. That was super liberating for me. Yeah. And so many people are like, oh, people are looking at me like I'm crazy. No one is. (laughs) Even if they are, like they went home and they totally forgot about you. (laughs) You're so not on their radar. They're probably fighting with their boyfriend at the time. You're not on their radar at all. My neighbor just told me she went to this like big public event, like a big public party in LA the other day by herself. And she's like, I was so insecure about where to sit and how to sit and where to stand. And if people were looking at me like that girl came by herself and now she's trying to like look comfortable. And then at the end of the night, she's like, I looked around. I was like, nobody's fucking looking at me. Nobody cares. (laughs) Everyone's so worried about their own thing. The people they came with were the show that we're here to watch. It's good to know, like you're the only one paying attention to your micro actions. Nobody else cares. I remember like I was going to a wedding like it was wedding season you know it was, I think it was like actually like right around my 30s when like everyone was getting married at least where I was maybe a little later than you and I remember being single I just ended my longest term relationship besides my current one before that and thinking I remember being in therapy being like everyone is gonna be like oh she's <laughs> by herself she's single and they're like no one is paying attention. Like they're just trying to hit the open bar. Like they don't care about you being single. 
I was just thinking, I'm going to a wedding this week, and it's going to be mostly married people with their kids. And I thought, oh my gosh, I am like the only person there that can hook up with a bartender if I want. <laughs> <laughs> I can take anybody home that night. That's a good point. <laughs> it's a privilege. There, it's it okay if there's no single people. There's someone there that could be. Yes, <laughs> someone I could take home. <laughs> you guys in my comments, like I have mothers being like, please savor it. Like I want to make shakshuka yes. at 10 a.m. Like, yes. it really is. Grass is always greener. Well, I remember, like, when I was single, I was talking to one of my best friends who's married with kids, and we had this discussion. And she's like, look, there's things about having children and being married that are freaking amazing. And there's stuff that sucks. And same with being single. Like, it is great to have the flexibility and freedom, but it also can be lonely and you want to share your life with people. So I think just understanding that, and it's not that one is better than the other, but whatever stage you're in, appreciating the good, because you might not have that again. So Mm -hmm. I guess like Julia, right now you're in this unattached statement. So this question might be, I guess, showing some outcome, but like, where do you want to go? Like once you kind of move through this a bit? I think that I'm open right now because I think that what I've been dating thus far maybe hasn't been working out for me. Yeah. So like I'm moving to Austin and I'm like, maybe I'll date a cowboy. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like maybe I'll meet like someone, you know, who's totally outside of my bubble of LA Jewish guy. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be something really different. And I think like that's almost why unclear of like the guy that I'm manifesting. Like in terms of my career, I'm really clear on how I want that to go. But I think that because I haven't done a good job so far of like finding the person, I'm like, you know what, universe, put people in my laps and what I'm going to really intentionally do in Austin, because I'm not going to be on the apps, I'm going to go make Mm. myself go to places, talk to people and live life and put myself in situations where I have like faith and kind of doors to open in those places. I think there's also a difference of knowing the types of qualities you want in a person, like how you want to feel versus the package that they must show up in. So I'm really glad that you said like, I'm open to a different type, but I'm also, you know, I've learned a lot in the last year about what's important to me. So that's really positive. Yeah. And I feel like that's that element on the dating apps that we can't get to the root of in the beginning because- you you said this, you're like, people can say that they're in therapy on the apps, but like, really, do they prioritize it? Really, is mental health a priority? Because it is for me. So I want someone who like works on that. But I can't really figure that out from the apps. I just have to figure that out from how they're like treating me. Mm -hmm. And I also think there's so much pressure on the apps of like, you go on that first date, and you're like, I hope we like each other. Like, I hope this works out between us. And like, that just adds this like extra layer of unnecessary pressure. Oh, I know. I know. It's all about this vibe that you get from someone. And I think that's so exciting after getting out of a relationship. It's like, you know what you want to feel around someone, but Mm -hmm. maybe you don't know what you're looking for that will get you that feeling. So you're in this exciting open stage of let's try everything and see how it feels. As long as you keep checking back in with yourself, you're in a really good place and you will eventually find all the feelings that you're looking for. I want to clarify too, because like I 100% love the idea of you just being like out of the world experiencing. I also do think you can find this on apps, but you have to go into the mentality that they're an intro and you'll never know from the app. Yes. And I also agree with you though, it does take conscious unlearning of the way that apps are wired. Like you have to basically ignore the design of apps to be successful on them, in my opinion, as someone that's an app designer and I know how they work, like you're 100% 
mindset right, like the what they're making you focus on is the checklist. Like that's what you're focusing on. The mm-hmm. way that you're going into the date being like, this is a date. Is this going to be my person? They're set up like that. So if you're going to use that method, you kind of actually have to like really push away from it. Like, especially like what you were saying is sometimes you're just not in the place. Sometimes you're like, I need to just detach and I need to do it. I think it takes more effort maybe to detach from it that way. Yes. Cause I think I'm trying to like outsmart them. And I'm like, <laughs> I interviewed Evan Mark Katz on my podcast uh-huh. and I was like telling him, I was like, you know, I think the place that I'm at right now is I just want someone to be my friend and then a relationship mm-hmm. develop from there. And he was like, it's a both and. Yeah. You can be yeah, on the totally. apps and use them as an intro, like Julie, you said, but like I just know myself right now. Like I don't want to put myself in that position. But mm-hmm. for anyone listening, you can use the apps so long as you are open-minded. I don't think I'm at that place right now. I know myself too well. And maybe they'll change it a few months, like once you're more of the while. But I think knowing where you're at yeah. and listening to that is really important. So we talked about this 30 getting married. This is the norm. I think we all could agree that that's a load of BS, but maybe (laughs) we could all share our perspective of why do we feel like actually meeting someone later in life, like past this 30 benchmark could be actually the best thing if we looked at it that way. If I think about what I was like at 25, I'm so glad I didn't end up with that partner because I was coming from a place of lack. I had no self-esteem. I had no idea what I was doing with my career. I was also like enjoying game playing and all of that. So I'm so glad that I'm still single at 30. And and I do think it's lovely and amazing when people grow together and meet younger in life and they do grow. But I know for me personally, that probably wouldn't have worked because I look at the partner that I had, my first boyfriend, like we wouldn't even swipe on each other on a dating app because I, I was just such a different person then. And I love that like I am now able to stand on my own two feet. I know exactly who I am and I know my worth and my value. And I really want to like attract someone from that place. I think the 30 part is like the fear with it is like women on our reproductive timeline. I think like that's the fear, but there are now so many modern technologies like freezing your eggs that we can, you know, embrace and, and use that I just think that feeling more sure of yourself when you find a partner and know who you are and attracting someone in that place is so much better. I can relate to what you're saying about just like the biological clock and like those fears. And like, I talk to my partner about this all the time. And there's a side of me that's like, I wish we met 10 years earlier because we wouldn't have this pressure. I wouldn't have to feel like we're on timelines as much. That being said, we would never even be together if we met Mm -mm. 10 years ago. So it's one of those things that I'm really grateful that I could want to trap the person that I did because we would have missed out on each other. I know that. But then also, I don't think I would have been the right partner. Like I didn't have relational skills at all. Like I would not have made it through any bumps in the road. And as we all know, every relationship, even the best of them, there's going to be something that doesn't go 100% as planned. And I probably would have like bounced and not been able to handle stuff. So I'm so grateful that I've had this extra like development time. And I was reading this article too, that like older parents, the benefit is that like the emotional maturity is there more. Mm. And while like other things might be difficult, like you always hear people say like, you don't want to be an old parent. And like, it's gonna be hard to keep up with your kids. And like, some of that might be true. I'm not going to deny it. As I'm getting older, I could feel like my energy going down a bit. But I think there's other stuff you bring to the table. And remembering that is super important. 
Yeah. How about the financial stability yeah. piece? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the mental stability. I was driving the other day and I started having flashbacks of all the cringe moments of me dating in my early 30s. I don't know if you all have ever had this. It's just flashback yeah. after flashback. You're like, oh, I said that. I did that. <laughs> Why did I do that? And thinking back, it's like, there's no way I would have been equipped for a relationship because I didn't learn to learn from relationships till probably in my late 30s. I just went from relationship to relationship being like, it's just going to work out. I don't have to take any of my learnings into this new one. And of course, I would just stay the same person. So I'm so glad to be where I am today because I just know that I am now more equipped to be in a healthy relationship and I'm more discerning of who I want to be in a relationship with. Absolutely. Like you can choose a better partner for yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's one of my biggest takeaways of this whole conversation too, is that like everyone is on their own timeline and it's never time not well spent. Like even if you're not where you want to be today, the fact that you're building your sense of self, that you're falling in love with yourself, like building that confidence up, like that's all really important important for when you do meet that person too. And it's not either or so much. I think for a long time, I was like, I'm not a relationship person. I'm never in a relationship. I'm this like perpetual single person. But it doesn't have to be that way. Like you can have periods Mm -hmm. where you're single. You can have periods where you're in a relationship. You might even have a preference or maybe you don't have a preference. You can see the good and the parts that are challenging in both. And that's okay. I think you could feel lonely and you could also be happy being single at the same time. And there's nothing wrong with it. So I'm glad like Julia, you put that out there and talk about it. Because I think a lot of people are afraid to say either. Like they're afraid to say that they're content with their life on their own, or they're afraid to say that actually I am lonely and I do want a partner and you're meant to do life together. So it's okay to have multiple feelings at once. That's normal. That's human. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like I think that's my biggest takeaway. You're going to get there eventually. Wherever you're meant to go, you're going to get there. Healing is not linear. So like some days Mm -hmm. I am sitting at a bar getting a free drink and then sometimes on a Sunday I'm like, oh, I'm looking at the old photos from a relationship. Those were good times. It's okay that it's, you know, changes day by day. But that's also my biggest takeaway is that, again, nothing in life is permanent. Whatever you're going through right now is a phase. Mm -hmm. Single is a phase. Relationship is a phase. Everything is a phase. I mean, just taking your life, for example, Julia, a few weeks ago we talked to you, you were 29 and in a relationship. (laughs) And today you're 30 and not in a relationship. This change in the blink of an eye. So I think we have to remember whatever phase you're in right now, think about what you get to do because you are here. I get to wake up whenever I want because I'm single without kids, without husband, without household to take care of. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a relationship, I get to be around my Mm -hmm. kids because I am in the stage where my kids are at home. There is privilege and advantages to every phase in your life, but also know that it doesn't stay that way forever. Well, that's why the relationship with yourself is the most important because, you know, longer the days, I think this is the historic piece talking of you get married at 30 and then you live happily ever after. We (laughs) see people that, you know, get married in their 20s and 30s and then re-enter the dating pool in their late, like 50s, 60s. A lot of our dateable listeners are divorced back in it. And it just shows that nothing is forever and the best piece of advice is to like hone in on what it means to fall in love with yourself because that's the real relationship you'll have 
no matter what your status is. Julie, as a final question, what does being dateable mean to you? Well, I guess I'm going to stay in theme. (laughs) It's like really feeling content and knowing the value that you bring into a relationship and loving yourself throughout the whole process. Love it. So beautiful. If people want to get to know more about you and your podcast, where can they find you? So Pretty Much Done is on all platforms where podcasts are, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. I am PMD Pod on TikTok and Instagram. And then my personal account is J-A Mazur, M-A-Z-U-R. And you can check out the episode that we did on Pretty Much Done if you want a, it's a, good, a good starting Very point, good if you can't get enough of our voices. <laughs> or you just want to go on and support Julia yeah. in all the cyberbullying that she's experiencing. <laughs> we need to show support, especially anybody who feels like this episode really resonated with you. This is the best way to show support is go on Twitter, go on Instagram, go on TikTok, <laughs> support Julia, and then give both of us a five-star rating and review <laughs> in Apple Podcasts. Yes. That is very helpful. It's also a great way to support your fellow female podcasters. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. This Thanks, was such a good Julia. one. Thanks Thank for you for being here. So wonderful. <laughs> All right. We're going to wrap up this episode. Stay, Stay dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Media Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Dateable Podcast and visit datablepodcast.com for access to all the episodes and our premium programs. Also, make sure to subscribe today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you are the first to get all the latest episodes. And most importantly, stay dateable. Stay dateable.